Welcome to Fan Fave with Katrina. Fan Fave with Katrina. It's time to talk pop culture. It's a great day because you're listening to Fan Fave. I'm Katrina, and today we are going to get spooky. That's right, it's Halloween season, so today we're going to talk all things scary movies. But first, it's time for a pop recap, where I discuss all the great pop culture things that I have been indulging in since the last time I spoke to you all on this podcast. I've been out and about on Broadway. I went to this really cool free Broadway concert in Times Square called Curtains Up, where all of the different Broadway shows, both new and old, each gave a short performance from their show. It was so fun. I especially love the performances from Moulin Rouge. Of course, you know, that's my favorite, as well as Wicked and MJ. They all were incredible. But there were also some brand new shows coming to Broadway this season who performed. So it was nice to get a little preview for those. And Juliet was a standout performance for me. They performed Since You've Been Gone. It's a jukebox musical, and it takes on the idea, what if Juliet did not commit suicide at the end of Romeo and Juliet? We watch as Shakespeare and his wife Anne Hathaway debate how the story should truly end. I really love the soundtrack from this musical. As I said, it's a jukebox musical, and it's completely comprised of music by songwriter Max Martin, who has written countless of pop hits, from Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys to Demi Lovato and Katy Perry. All of them have songs in Anne Juliet. Also at the concert was a new Neil Diamond musical, A Beautiful Noise. They performed Sweet Caroline, which was really fun. This show comes to Broadway in November. Another new Broadway show that was actually missing from the Curtains Up Broadway concert was Almost Famous the Musical. Their first preview on Broadway was actually the day after the Curtains Up concert, so that's probably why they did not perform there. But I was in attendance at their first preview. This was super fun. It was so cool to be in the first audience to ever see this show play on Broadway. The energy in the room was just crazy. You could tell that everyone there were just diehard fans of the Almost Famous movie. There were people there dressed up as Penny Lane. They had a pre-show playlist of 70s hits. Everyone was in their seats singing along. There were cheers for literally every moment. And Cameron Crowe, the director of the Almost Famous movie, even came out to give a speech before the performance started. I really like this musical. I do feel like having gone to the first preview, I really want to go back just to see how things improve or change over the months. This show pretty much goes exactly like the movie. There were some scenes that actually felt verbatim taken from the script of the movie. The cast was phenomenal though. I never would have guessed that I was watching the leads in this make their Broadway debuts in this very moment. There's some really great original songs in this musical. Specifically, I think Act 2 was significantly stronger than Act 1. But overall, I think there's a very specific crowd that this musical is going to attract. And it's not only the fans of the original movie, but fans of really music in general that relate to the themes in this story of being a fan of music and sharing that with other people. I think that a lot of people are really going to love this one. Almost Famous the Musical has its official opening night on November 3rd, and I definitely recommend checking this one out. As for what I'm watching, 
I am watching She-Hulk still, but you guys, I've gotten a little bit behind. I have not seen the finale yet. I've been binge watching it, trying to catch up. I think I'm on around episode seven at this point. So I'll be finished with that soon by the time that the next podcast episode rolls around. And I'll let you know my thoughts. I will say having watched more of the episodes now, I find that each individual episode of She-Hulk is very funny in and of itself. But I'm having a little bit of trouble following this overarching plot, specifically with Titania. What purpose is she there for? Is there going to be a big fight? Because I feel like all of the action scenes, they don't last more than 30 seconds. And I feel like that's a little bit disappointing for a Marvel show. So I'm really curious how this is going to conclude. I also have not gotten to the episodes with Daredevil yet. I am actively anticipating it because I recently just watched the episode where his appearance is teased through his mask being in that box in the costume designer's office. Now, let's get into the topic of today. We're in the middle of October, temperatures are dropping, and Halloween is approaching. So I think it's fair to say we are in the midst of spooky season. So I thought what better topic for today than to talk about all of my favorite scary movies. Now, here's the thing, you guys. I'm going to start with a little disclaimer. I actually don't really like horror or slasher movies, although I did watch the new Scream movie that came out this year. That's like the scariest movie that I've seen. So all of the movies I will be talking about today will be on the lighter side of scary. In fact, there's probably more Disney Channel original movies I'm going to talk about today than anything else. So maybe this is just a Disney Channel original movie scary movie rankings episode. A little monstober for you all if you will. But ready or not, let's get into it. My top 10 movies to watch during Halloween season. I actually want to begin by saying I had a lot of movies to throw in this list, but for the sake of this episode, I will only be discussing my top 10. So really quickly, I just want to note some honorable mention movies that I still think are pretty great. First up, R.L. Stein's Mostly Ghostly. No one ever talks about this movie. It's so niche, but iconic. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I promise you will have a fun time. Next, Girl vs. Monster. A Disney Channel original movie that falls into this category of a movie where you're like, this is so bad, it's entertaining. I was like 11 when this first came out though, so I was probably really into it back then. I definitely watched it like 10 times when it first came out. But on rewatch, it's just not that good anymore. It gave us some bops from Olivia Holt, though, not gonna lie, I still love that soundtrack. Also, in my honorable mentions, a really recent film, it's Hubie Halloween. This just barely got shut out of my top 10, and I don't know, maybe it should be up there. Rankings are just so hard for me, but I don't care what anyone says, Adam Sandler cannot make a bad movie. Also, everyone was in this movie. The cast is crazy, like everyone is here and i found it really funny like watching this movie had to be one of the most fun nights in the entire dark year of 2020 it was just really great my last honorable mention movie is twilight this movie franchise is about vampires and werewolves but it doesn't really feel like an october or halloween season type of movie to me it's not really spooky or anything i also don't think the first twilight movie is really the best Personally, if you want me to give my Twilight rankings really quickly, I like New Moon and Eclipse a lot more, and then the first Twilight movie before Breaking Dawn Part 2, and then lastly, Breaking Dawn Part 1. I just want to say I will never watch Breaking Dawn Part 1 ever again in my life. I can't believe that everyone in fifth grade was watching that because I watched it as a 20-year-old and I felt traumatized. But anyways, there's a different vampire movie that I think I like a bit 
more that actually made my top 10, so you'll find out about that really soon. Now it's time for the top 10. In number 10, actually a Nickelodeon movie, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. No one talks about this movie enough. It is iconic. It's probably Victoria Justice's best movie. In fact, it could have just gotten its spot on my top 10 solely for the cover of Baby One More Time that's at the end of the movie. Like, incredible. Now, if number 10 on my list is a werewolf movie, then that means number 9 is a vampire movie. The vampire movie that I say is better than Twilight. It's My Babysitter's a Vampire, the movie. I love this movie so much, and I also really love the show, which deserves so much more than just two seasons. Also, the vampires in this show were so cool, like they had top-tier fashion, they acted like it was a bad thing, and their lives were ruined when they got turned into vampires, but really, they were just cooler than everyone else. I don't think the movie or the show are too scary, but maybe a step up from what I would have thought would air on Disney Channel, but that's because fun fact you guys, this wasn't even a Disney Channel show really. It was a Canadian show that Disney just acquired and aired. This is such a fun franchise though, especially the show, but the worst thing is that everything ended on a cliffhanger, like 12 year old me was devastated. At number 8 on my list, I have Get Out. Finally, a real horror movie, am I right? I think even after Nope, this is my favorite Jordan Peele movie. I haven't seen Us yet though, but I think that one is a little bit too much horror for me, so I don't know if I'll ever check that one out. But Get Out is great in the way that it builds suspense throughout the duration of the film. I absolutely love the pacing and the way you know something is off from the jump, but the big reveal with major action scenes doesn't come until like the last 30 minutes. I also think this movie does a great job at mixing comedic elements into an overall otherwise darker horror movie, with social commentary involved as well. Get Out will definitely be considered a classic movie and in discussions about film for years to come, so it's totally one of my favorites. Next at number 7 is the first of a lineup of several 80s movies on my list. It's Little Shop of Horrors! More on the spooky side rather than a real scary movie, Little Shop is a fun musical that also has a bit of social commentary in it as well. I actually saw the off-Broadway production of this before watching the movie and I loved it so much. The movie is basically the same in terms of the story, which is a really crazy tale about a plant that feasts on human blood with plenty of bops in between. I will say my one complaint with the movie is that they didn't keep the original darker ending for the official cut of the movie, and that's where Seymour is also killed by the Audrey 2 plant, and the Audrey plants take over and dominate the world after they were sold to everyone. I think this would have been a really crazy way to end the movie and to really push that overall theme of the movie in terms of trying to profit over something you probably shouldn't have been messing with in the first place. I'm also really disappointed that the remake of this movie that was supposed to star Taron Edgerton, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, and Billy Porter has been canceled. It sounded like it had so much potential and I really just want to see it. Like, I hate that COVID really messed this one up. Can we like all campaign to get it back on track or something? We need this movie. At number 6, I have another 80s movie, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. I love this movie. When I was a kid, it was my all-time favorite movie. I've seen this one countless times, including most recently last month when it was re-released in theaters for its 40th anniversary. I think that was actually my first time seeing this movie in theaters, which is pretty cool. I don't believe E.T. could ever lose its magic. The scenery in this film is beautiful, including the iconic shot on the bike. 
I never really thought of this movie as a scary movie, but it has some pretty interesting elements of suspense, and with its overall topic of aliens, I felt like it had a right to be included in this list. This is another movie with family values at its core. It has a lot of heart, and I don't think it can ever get old. It's great for all ages. You're listening to Fan Fave with Katrina. Fan Fave with Katrina. We are now moving into the top five. First up at number five is Gremlins, which low-key could be argued to be a Christmas movie rather than a Halloween movie, but I think this one is pretty scary. Fun fact, Gremlins, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, were actually the two releases that prompted the Motion Picture Association of America to create the new PG-13 rating due to their violent sequences. Previously, they were rated as PG movies, and a lot of people gave the films backlash because they thought they were too violent and graphic in nature for them to be viewed by children. So thus, the PG-13 rating was created to give this middle ground between PG and R-rated movies. Personally, I probably didn't watch this movie until I was around 14 years old myself, and even then, I was pretty creeped out by this movie. But overall, I think it's pretty comedic. Specifically, like the scenes with the gremlins in the kitchen or just the ending action scenes overall. I definitely don't think this is too scary of a movie, especially because it just doesn't feel realistic at all. At number four, I have Twitches. These movies are so great. Like, I don't even know if one is better than the other, to be honest. Both are like equally awesome. I love them. The first one told a really great introductory story into the world of Coventry, but also Twitches 2 had so much going on, like the plot twist that their dad was actually still alive, that was crazy. One thing that I do find interesting is that Tia and Tamara were playing 21 year olds in this movie. This is a little side note, but I just feel like the general age of characters on Disney Channel Media has dropped tremendously. Like, I feel like growing up when I was watching Disney Channel, everyone on the shows and movies, they were in high school, or in the case of Twitches, literally college-aged. But now they're all like middle schoolers. Also, I feel like Twitches is a movie that could be rebooted really well and it would be super successful if they could get the cast to come back. Like I think a Twitches 3 with the twins as adults, that would be so good. In third place, I have yet another 80s movie. It's Ghostbusters. I'm going to start just by saying my very unpopular opinion, and it's that I actually like the sequel to Ghostbusters more than the first Ghostbusters. The first one is cool and all, but I think it actually started a little bit too slow for me, while the sequel just kind of jumps right in because we already got that foundational story of how the Ghostbusters got started. I also know and believe that the first Ghostbusters is significantly better in terms of quality than the sequel, but the second one is just so unserious, it's hilarious. Like literally, they fight the villain at the end by getting New York City citizens to be positive while using the Statue of Liberty as a method of transportation. Like if that doesn't sound silly enough to you, like it's just hilarious. I do think I like the villain Gozer in the first Ghostbusters movie better. I think it's just a stronger villain overall, and that's probably why they brought back her as the villain in the 2021 Ghostbusters Afterlife instead of the villain from Ghostbusters 2. In second place, I have Scooby-Doo, the live action from 2002. 
This is the best live action adaptation of the Scooby-Doo franchise and really the only one that matters. The casting in this one was truly epic. It's probably the best casting that I've ever seen in a movie. Like each of the actors and actresses just embodied who they were playing so well. And also the sequel to Scooby-Doo, they have been some of my favorite movies since I was a kid. Although I did find the monsters in the sequel to be a bit scary when I was younger. I do love both of these movies so much, even outside of the general spooky or scary movie world, I think these are just some of my favorite movies of all time, just looking at every movie. They are just so funny and the plot never gets old. I honestly wish they made so many more of these movies with this cast, but it's great to just cherish these two. Lastly in first place, my favorite movie to watch during Halloween season, it's Halloween Town. This Disney Channel original movie is such a classic. Fun fact, I used to be really scared of this movie when I was like five. Like when I saw that big pumpkin show up on the TV when I was watching Disney Channel, I knew it was time to switch to Nickelodeon. But eventually I started watching it and it's just so fun. I think in general, I just really love movies that have this core value of staying true to your family. And this movie is such a great story about a really cool family. I think the whole concept of this franchise is just so unique too. Like imagine a secret portal that just takes you to another world filled with spooky creatures and monsters that for the most part are actually really nice. And also kind of in terms of concepts, does anyone actually think this movie is pretty similar to Sky High where when you're replacing superheroes with like Halloween characters and monsters and stuff, they're kind of similar in plot actually. I will say for this franchise, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge may actually be my favorite one. It doesn't have as much as the same charm or nostalgic energy as the first Halloween Town, but this one was a lot more creepy, especially with the storyline of turning real humans into monsters. Halloween Town High is just okay to me, and Return to Halloween Town doesn't even exist as far as I'm concerned, since they recasted everyone and I just did not like that. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and maybe it inspired you to go watch or rewatch a scary movie. I want to know what your favorite scary movies are. Let me know on social media. They can be actual scary movies or just the lighter kinds that I've talked about on this podcast episode. And maybe give me some recommendations because if I get over my fear of jump scares, I might check out a little bit of a scary movie sometime this season. But that's all. Thank you so much for listening to FanFave. You can stay up to date by following at FanFave Media on all social media platforms where I post vlogs from my adventures in the entertainment world, film and TV reviews, and reactions and breakdowns to the latest in pop culture news. As a reminder, this is a bi-weekly podcast, so I will see you in two weeks. But remember, I want to hear from you, so stay tuned for upcoming opportunities to have your opinion heard right here on the FanFave podcast. See you soon!